When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to the One Shot Podcast, the cricket podcast of the Sports Gazette. We're closing in now to the third test match between India and England in this What's expected to be a great series. It's already been great, but it's expect. I know. I mean, I think it's going to be probably one of the best series that we end up seeing. Who knows? Maybe it'll just end up being really bad from now on, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. As usual, I've got Toby and Michael with me. Toby, how have you been? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to uh, to the next test after a, after a short break. Um, some exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Getting right into it. And Michael... How about you? Excited for this? Yeah, yeah. I'm very, very excited for the third test. Uh, I've enjoyed it so far and hopefully it lives up to how good the first two tests have been. Right. So the last couple of episodes have been primarily about the India versus England series. We're going to be coming up with a little different stuff going forward as well. We will speak about some of the other things that are going on in the world of cricket today. But again, the focus is on this very, very big series. So, guys, let's get right into it. Both teams, big players out, key players, I should say, who would have, you know, been a big part of the series out with India. Some of the big names have been missing. And now we have confirmation that Virat Kohli is definitely not going to be part of the rest of the series. KL Rahul once again missing out. And we'll we'll get into this Indian team maybe later, because there's so much to talk about there with combinations and so many different things. But let's go to England first, because I know it looks like there's a selection is probably a bit more straightforward. Jack Leach has been ruled out. He wasn't part of the last game as well. So yeah, he's he's not going to be there going forward. I, I think, I don't think, of course it's a loss, but do you think, Toby, it's a really, really big loss? Like, because I think England seem to manage pretty well in the last game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it is a big loss just because I think that at some point during the series there'll be a day or a couple of days where 
England needs someone metronomic. And we have Jimmy Anderson, who is unbelievable at that and is known for being so miserly with his runs and he doesn't give anything away. But he can't bowl all day. Jack Leach can. He has that ability. He's done it in India before. And I think at some point it, that could be crucial. And with three young spinners, Joe Root or even Dan Lawrence, I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of the series, Dan Lawrence wasn't even in the squad, is now your fourth or fifth option as a spin bowler. And you've not got Jack Leach in there. He's now ahead of Jack Leach in the pecking order. Absolutely crazy um, to, to even consider that before the series. Um, and, and yeah, I think at some point England might just lose it for, for a short period. And I think Stokes is very, very good and, and might be able to troubleshoot and get around it. But I think having Jack Leach always gives me that bit more confidence um, when you know. And, and I'll be interested to see if they do call anyone up just because at the moment, as I said, yeah, Joe Root and Dan Lawrence are your sort of fourth seat, fourth spin bowlers on the tour, um, which feels slightly underwhelming. But um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough loss. And, and I think it's still really exciting because those three spinners did perform so well and have performed so well in the last couple matches. So I don't think England will we'll be looking at this as a as a massive loss. Obviously Stokes loves Jack Leach and, and knows how good a player he is, but I think they'll just be looking at, at, for this as an opportunity to to see how these young guys can do for the for the final three games and, and what will have been four matches in a row without your number one spinner. And it gives one of them the opportunity to to maybe throw their hat into the ring as England's number one spin bowler going forward. I mean Jack Leach in theory could never play for England again, which seems crazy. And I, I'd be un, I'd be very surprised if that is the case. But if Tom Hartley goes on and gets, you know, 30 wickets in the in the series and bowls brilliantly, or, or Shah Bashir, who bowled really, really nicely in that first match, goes on and takes a load of wickets, they might be throwing their name forward and and if they have a good start to the county championship and, and Jack Leach doesn't, then I think England wouldn't be against continuing with it with the younger spinner, particularly as Tom Hartley can bat, which I think is absolutely crucial. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, it's a big opportunity, whatever it is. It's, of course, it's a big loss not having the spinner who was supposed to be your top, you know, your number one spinner in the series, like you rightly mentioned, Toby. But yeah, like you also say that it's a big opportunity for the rest of the guys to put their hands up and, you know, just really stamp stamp their place or kind of secure their place in this team going forward. Michael, among these three guys, all three really young, there's... So much inexperience there, but so far, you know, we've seen the England spinners outperform the Indian spinners. So with Leach gone, with Hartley, Bashir and Rehan Ahmad in the team and expected now to play the remainder of the series, who do you think is going to be the standout spinner among these guys? Well, I think um, Tom Hartley has probably been the pick of the bunch so far in the series. Um like the seven fur in the first test, of course. Can't forget about that. I'm kind of waiting for Rayan Ahmed to have a really standout game. I mean, yeah, he got a five for against Pakistan on his debut. He's bowled really, you know, consistently pretty well. Um, and he suits that kind of basball style of bowling where he'll bowl, he'll give away runs, but he'll also pick up wickets. So yeah, that, that's who I'm 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 putting my faith in Rayan Ahmed. I think he's the future for England. He just offers something a bit different. Um, and Shah Bashir looks looks promising as well. I mean, the fact that Jack Leach has been injured and is ruled out of the series now, and in and the selectors haven't called anyone in to replace him, I think that definitely shows that they'll go with two seamers, and Bashir will drop out uh, in this test. 
Um, because just having um, Joe Root, I mean, and the three spinners in the squad, yes, Dan Lawrence is an option. I don't know if he's a realistic option though, Toby. Sorry to shatter your dreams, but um, I, I think that's. I think they would have brought someone in if they weren't going to play two seamers. If you know what I mean, because if their plan was to play four spinners, they would have want someone in case of injury. You know, I think the, the one thing to say about that as well, or you know, instead of is Rian Ahmed had some visa issues as well. Yeah, he went to Dubai or Abu Dhabi or somewhere with a with the team for a few days. And yeah, on on return, he was held at the airport. He's got a temporary visa at the moment, but it will be interesting to see. Um, maybe if that comes into it as well, maybe they'll if if he doesn't get a visa somehow, which would be absolutely crazy. I mean, the the Indian Border Patrol and Border Force seemingly don't don't want to give England any sort of chance uh, in the Test matches. Maybe that's they're they're being a bit sneaky there. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, after Shah Bashir had the same thing. Yeah, I, I do think maybe maybe only playing three spinners, including Root, could, could be an option as well. And and I wouldn't be surprised maybe if, if someone does get a call up at some point, um, maybe for the for the final test or I'm not sure if the lines are still out there. I feel like they might have gone home already, but they, they might fly someone over or the ILT20 is going on, which I'm sure Liam Dawson or Will Jacks are playing him. So it's not too far as well if they need to fly someone out sort of short notice or shortish notice. I think Will Jacks would be interesting as like a late call-up. But yeah, 100% agree. And yeah, in, Indian border control doing their best to keep us out of this test. No, I mean, I, I'm going to chip in there with this entire visa visa thing as well. It's a lot of neglect on the part of the ECB as well, right? I mean, sending a guy, he's gone to Abu Dhabi and then before he's coming back, he's he comes, Rehan Ahmad gets back on a single entry visa, which had apparently was issued during when he was a standby for the World Cup. I think that was the hold up this time. And the visa had expired when he came back to India uh, with the rest of the team a couple of days ago. So that's maybe a topic for another day on whose neglect, I mean, it was neglect on whose part or who missed out there. But yeah, this with, with, Someone like a Virat Kohli missing out. We did have a little bit of Ashwin versus Besto war awards the last game. But this series has missed a lot of that spice and drama with Virat Kohli's absence. And these visa issues, you know, however, it's just too unfortunate. Whoever's mistake is it is too unfortunate. But yeah, it has been the biggest story of the series so far. Hopefully no more visa issues for anyone. Not Rehan Ahmed, not Shoaib Bashir. No one, and if England do call in a replacement like we're discussing, hopefully uh, that player also doesn't have any visa issues. We'd hope that that would be hilarious. I feel like if if yeah, Will Jacks gets called up in between the the third and fourth Test match, say because Sherbyshire goes down injured and his visa gets delayed <laughs> again, and England are down to, to just two spinners. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure Will Jacks has got any uh, Pakistani uh, blood though, Lena. I think mean, that's no, the reason. Probably not. I mean, unless you never know, but I think it does look like Ryan Ahmed's in line to play. So I think um, we will yeah. see him play in the third test. Yeah, he is. So Rehan Ahmed is in India. Of course, there was a little bit of a hold up at the airport once he landed, but he was issued a temporary visa right away. And England, the England team, have said that they're confident that his 
official paperwork for the you know the proper visa will also come through in the next 24 hours before the start of the test match on Thursday morning so yeah that's for all of the officials to figure out but as long as he's there whatever visa he's got we're happy what do you think would happen if if it wasn't issued and he had sort of a, a, a one-week visa that ended halfway through the series? He gets deported. <laughs> I mean, after a few days, that's concussion protocol comes in. That would be. <laughs> and that would, if something like that ever happened, it would be such a bad look for everyone involved. India, England, just everyone involved. It would be such such shambles if something like that happened. But we're gonna we're gonna pray that. We don't see any of that madness. Moving on, moving back to cricket, I should say. Uh, guys, do we is this is the team selection then really straightforward for England? For this test match at least? Or are you all expecting any changes? Does Jimmy sit again? He showed in the last game that how crucial he is. It doesn't matter whether you're playing on these slow, spin-friendly wickets, but Jimmy Anderson still showed why he is who he is and he is closing in on another big milestone and yeah it's it's always tempting to play him right even though he's 41 years old toby let me start with you on this any changes for the england team jimmy continues to keep his side in the 11 i would be personally probably play the same 11 on the on the conditions the pitch is kind of similar i think mark wood comes in if he comes in would be for a spinner for me rather than for jimmy i think jimmy is bowled so well knows the conditions so well he is the an awesome considering he's 41 he is an awesome athlete i mean england's over 40 side are going to the the sort of over 40 world cup in in a few days and in theory jimmy anderson the current test cricketer could play in that which seems crazy but but yeah i mean i think i think he has to play and yeah i think wood comes in for for bashir i think as michael mentions if if that's what they're going to be looking for, they want an extra seamer. But I think Jimmy has to be in there above Woods uh, to start with. Michael, what do you think? Jimmy, an absolute non-negotiable? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he was going to stay perfectly fit, we'd play him in every match. But he's 41. You've got to be realistic about this, these things, you know. But he did. He looked He looked sharp in the last test. And if he manages overs... um. I think they should definitely play him and yeah, bring Mark Wood in to kind of help him out. Ollie Pope uh, hinted at it in an interview. I think it was today he did the interview, uh, kind of saying they're they're probably going to go with the, the gist was they're probably going to go with two seamers. So yeah, I think we'll just see Mark Wood come in for Bashir, uh, which is unfortunate for Bashir because he bowled really well. But I'm sure we'll see him in the fourth or fifth test, uh, especially with our you know lack of spin depth at the moment. And yeah, that that'll be it really. That, I mean that's. Pretty simple swap for England to make. Yeah, it is. It is. Of course, uh, even though there are going to be swaps or there probably won't be, we don't know. But even if there will be, it will just be, you know, just one or two here and there. Nothing nothing too much with England as it will be for India. But this test match, guys, uh, before we get to this Indian team as well, we're going to see, I mean, we're probably going to see two major milestones achieved in this test match, right? with two legends of the sport. Jimmy Anderson, five wickets away now from 700 test wickets. And Ravi Chandran Ashwin, just one wicket away from 500 test wickets. He almost got that wicket in the previous game when he got Tom Hartley and uh, a review. He was then denied of a review and things like that. 
where he was stranded on 499 for just eight, 10 more days. But yeah, it's Ravi Chandran Ashwin and we're pretty sure that he's going to get the 500th test wicket in this match. So yeah, Michael, uh, two legends of the game. Do you think Jimmy can get there before Ashwin? Is it, uh, are, no, are they going to be no, thinking no. of a race there? <laughs> uh, I think we'll, we'll see Ashwin get there first. It'll be, I mean... I don't think Jimmy's nailed on to get there. You know, he he, he doesn't take the amount of wickets he used to. I mean, he could do it. He could do it in the third test. Um, I hope he does. It's a crazy milestone. Um, he will definitely get there before he retires. And yeah, like you said, two legends. Definitely something to look look out for in this test. Not too much to add to that. Really, it's just an amazing stat for both of them. I think that there's only one scenario where or maybe two scenarios where Anderson could feasibly get there before Ashwin. The first one being England bowl first, Jimmy takes Pfeiffer, obviously fairly, fairly obvious. Even that's really unlikely. I think arguably more likely England bowl first, Jimmy gets a couple, Indian bowl, skittle England with Bumrah taking a load of wickets and Ashwin maybe not even getting a bowl. And then, uh, and then Jimmy goes on and gets another couple of wickets in the third innings. I think that's arguably more likely just because... I, I can't see Jimmy. I think if Jim, I mean, it's possible Jimmy getting a fiver, but I think it's more likely he's going to get you know two or three wickets and then two or three wickets rather than sort of his sort of classic English spells where he takes five for six for for nothing. Um, so I think yeah, maybe maybe very unlikely that uh, Jimmy gets there before Ashwin. Well, I mean, Toby, what you mentioned there with the fivers, that wouldn't that make for such an incredible script for a Test match in India? I'd love to see that happen sometime. But yeah, maybe another day. Coming to India, uh, like we said with England, selection, not too many issues there. But with India, KL Rahul's definitely missing this. Ravindra Jadeja is has been named in the squad for the third test match and for the remainder of the series, of course. But he's still not 100% certainty for this third test. We'll only know probably on the day of the game unless India decide to announce their 11, 11 the night before or something like that. But he is expected to play Jadeja. And if he's if he will be fit on the day of the game, then he's an absolute certainty to feature in the 11. There were doubts around Bumrah as well, uh, whether he plays or no. They decided to rest him for this game. But a couple of days ago, they decided, no, we want him. We want him for this game. And to an extent, Toby, you think that shows that India is kind of more under pressure in this game because, you know, they feel like, let's not rest Bumrah right now. Let's play him for a third consecutive game and really, you know, stamp our authority on the series. Or do you think England has more pressure? I think India almost always have more pressure when playing in India. Um, I think the the one benefit you gain from being on tour is the fact that the media is so sort of distant from the players. I mean, in an Ashes series in England, the media that's all the media is talking about. All the players will hear, all the radio will be if you ever turn on, you know, you know, TMS or or Five Live, whatever it might be, it's always going to be on the Ashes, on the cricket, on England versus India, whatever it might be. And I can imagine it's like that, but tenfold, hundredfold when you're in India and India are playing. Um so I think they're they're probably used to it as well, more more so, but I think there's a lot of pressure on this India side. And and yeah, the fact that 
you know, they're possibly going to have to play Boomer again. I has been dropped after just two games. Um, and I understand he's not had a great sort of spell in test cricket since he, since he debuted, but, um, but yeah, I think it kind of shows that they're still thinking about it a lot more and trying to work out. They obviously want Jadeja back. Coley's unavailable. Kara Hall is definitely unavailable. Um, these are some big names who, who I think if they're in the squad, the squad would be a lot more settled just because, you know, we've got four, they've, they've got four or five locks in their 11 and not having those guys means you've got debutants coming in. Um, I mean, what Padakal has been called up to the squads for what I think would be his debut. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's a lot more going on. It seems in the India squads. Whereas, yeah, when you ask us about our England 11, it's, we, we know the 12, it's just, who's going to get dropped. It depends on the pitch. It's a lot more settled. It feels like, and I think some of that is basketball and, and the way that McCollum Stokes plays Everything is so much more settled. I remember doing a podcast uh, about this time last year, I think it was, for the England-New Zealand series um, in New Zealand. And I remember thinking they'll pick... It was a two-match series, and I, th I said they'll probably pick, you know, the same 11 for both series. And, and they did, because both matches, sorry, because that's what they do. In England teams in the past, they probably would have picked, you know, a different seam attack, or they would have rotated someone or whatever. But... But McCollum and Stokes just pick the best 11 every game. They don't really think about uh, rest and rotation as much. They're not really influenced by the media as much as England teams in the past. I mean, last time England were in India, they didn't play their strongest 11 once. It didn't feel like they had people flying home, coming back out. Johnny Bairstow played two matches in Sri Lanka, then flew home for two weeks to, for the first two games against India and then flew back and was horribly out of nick by the time he finally got back to India. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a lot more calm in the England camp from the outside, it seems. And yeah, I think India are, are slightly uh, flustered, I think is probably the, the best option. Best way to say it. Yeah, well. I think it is fair to say that because and this England team, like you say, they do, given that their situation, they don't have so many big names missing out. Luckily for them that they are a bit more comfortable right now. And there is a bit more calm, like you said, in the dressing room. That's what it seems like. You know, with India, of course, KL missing out, Virat Kohli missing out, Ravindra Jadeja's fitness is a bit of an issue. And now Shreya Sayer missing out. I mean, in earlier it was said that Ayer had, Ayer's back problems had come back and that's why he was going to be not, he was not going to play the third test at least. And then when India named their, their, their squad for the rest of the tournament, the rest of the series, that is the third, fourth and fifth tests, Shreya Sayer was missing out from everything. And then there were talks that he's probably been dropped. But, you know, Shreya Sayer was seen practicing today in Mumbai. He was seen training with his trainer. And which shows that the injury is not too bad. I mean, it's not a really bad injury that has ruled him out for the entirety of the series. So there is probably, he has probably been dropped given his poor run of form. But Michael, another guy who's had a poor run of form so far in the series is the captain himself. And with so many big names in the batting order, especially missing out, do you think the onus is very, very much on Rohit Sharma to come good, starting with this third test? 100%. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of pressure on him. He only got, um, he was about 27 runs in the last test between his two innings, which is it's, it's not good enough for the for the captain. I mean, I think it's kind of um, his form at the moment is supporting the claims that he's more of a 
ODI batsman rather than a test batsman. You know, I think he he's, he's just he just doesn't really suit the style that you need. I mean, if you compare the form of Jaiswal, it's just totally different. He looks far more composed and just has so much more quality opening the batting. And yeah, and with with um, Shreyas Iyer coming out, the pressure really is on that top three. I think Jaiswal, Sharma, Shubman Gill. Because below below that in the order, I mean, will um will Patidar be playing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think he will because he probably might retain his place because KL's not coming back, Virat's not coming back. Uh, we don't know. I mean, you know, I, we were discussing this with Toby earlier as well that will India then want to play just swap a year for Jadeja directly and keep the rest of the team as it is, and then in that case, Patidar plays. But um, what that does is then you either play KS Bharat at five or you play Ravindra Jadeja at five with Bharat, Akshar, Ashwin and the rest coming in in whatever order. And I think that's too high for either. So maybe this could be a this could be the game to give Sarfaraz Khan a chance. Of course, there's going to be pressure. He'll be making his debut, but the guy's been in form for two years now. It's it's I mean he deserves this opportunity and. He is likely to feature in the team. Maybe just give him that chance and just see how it goes. And like we were discussing, the onus on Rohit Sharma along with Shubman Gill as the next most uh, experienced batter in this lineup. And that's a crazy thing because even he's still so young. But yeah, and then that makes Shubman Gill the next most experienced batter in this team. Let them take on the burden of run making. Even while I'm saying that, I am worried for this Indian batting lineup. That is absolutely crazy. Shubman Gill, who one test match ago was the next man out, is the <laughs> second most experienced player in the side. Oh That's why. That is, yeah. I mean, I've I've no clue. I mean, I th- I think yeah, I think you're right there. They have to start not stacking the batting lineup, but but yeah. I mean, I I, I was the one who suggested Jadeja maybe in straight and Faria, but but yeah, I think you do need another frontline batter. Probably, yeah. Sarfraz Khan, as you mentioned. This, What I would say, though, is, you know, two years in form, that's the perfect time for him to fall out of form, I'd say. Anyone who's been in form for two years surely can't keep that going for much longer. Um, but, but yeah, I mean... And, yeah, they could, in theory, play four spinners, which would be, you know, possibly polar opposite from England. And, and if they do, and England pick just the two spinners, I think I, I know which set team would probably have made the correct select selection. And I can't imagine it'll be England. Michael, do you think it's a good idea for India to just swap in Jadeja for Kuldeep? And... I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to work out this lineup. So it'd be Jaiswal Rohit opening, Shubman Gill mm-hmm. in at three, four. Is it Safras Khan? Is it Patidar? Yeah. Or, or four and five, Patidar, Safras Khan. And then Barrett at six. And yeah. then what, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, five bowlers, including Jadeja, Axar. Ashwin, Bumra, and another Seema. Yeah, or just play Kuldeep and let Bumra be the lone spinner. But then, if they want to do that, then I'm sure they'll gonna. I'm sure they'll make pretty certain that this is an absolute rank turner from day one, because then that's the only chance they have. I mean, it's like polar opposite to England, isn't it? Like, if you told if you told us at the start of the series that India would be, uh, you know, struggling to field. A solid batting lineup in England, uh, you know, just making one change because they can, kind of thing. Like, 
uh, it's a nice position to be in as an England fan. Yeah, India. Like I said it in the in the last preview for the second test, India are, they're in trouble with the as soon as a couple of big big players uh, get injured. I mean, the same as any team in the world, I guess. But they they just look a lot a lot weaker. I think. So, you, do we think this really is England's big chance to get a two-one lead in the series, and that could be huge, given that yeah. we know the problems that this Indian team is facing? Michael, let me start with you on this. Do you think the England team is feeling the pressure there? That okay, this are they thinking that we won't have a better opportunity than this to make it two-one? I mean, potentially, yeah, but I, I don't think that's the way they think now under. You know, Brendan McCullen and Stokes. I think they'll just approach every game in the same way. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, and but I think it is the best chance. I think if we go two one up now, what a, what a position that is to be in. Um, with and that will be with they'll they'll need to rest Bumra at some point, surely. And he's the danger man. Um, you know, Jadeja's injury issues. I think yeah, if if India can. Uh, if England can win this third test, they're in a seriously strong position to um, to win the test match. But yeah, like I said, that's not how Stokes and McCullum will be thinking, I imagine. Yeah, that's fair. And we have been hearing that the wicket is expected to be a slow turner, but there, there was a lot of grass until I think this morning on the wicket. But like Ollie Pope said, and I think he's absolutely right, that while there is grass on this wicket, we're not going to be sure or we're not going to make too many assumptions until the Indian team has seen this wicket and then they decide whether they want to completely shave off the grass or they want to go with a you know proper turner from day one and then play their four spinners or you know what they want to do and yeah I think that's right because Rajkot has traditionally been an absolute flat track very very good for run scoring I mean we've seen 400 plus uh, run 400 plus innings in ODI cricket as well on this pitch and things like that. So it's it's been an absolute flat track in the past, but yeah, and signs are probably it's just it's just looking like right now that we could see a really slow turner. But um, yeah, things change a lot even the day before the test and on the morning. So we'll see how both teams turn up in the morning or the pitch turns up, and um, we'll take it from there, guys. I know nothing has happened since we made our predictions the last time, but does anyone? want to change any predictions at all for the rest of the series? Well, I think my, mine and possibly all of our picks for Jack Leach to be leading wicket-taker has is, uh, is fallen fallen out. I don't remember predicting either. that. Thank you very much. Don't involve me in that. <laughs> well, mine and Ayusha's there anyway. My Shubman Gill one's looking a little bit better, I'll say. I was a bit worried after the, um, the first three innings of the series. Um, but, but yeah, I mean... Bumra's Bumra's looking looking good for you though, Michael, isn't he? As a yeah, leader. yeah, yeah. I'm very happy, quietly very happy with that prediction. And um, yeah, if Jadeja makes a uh, comeback and plays the last three tests, could be player of the series. You never know. Um, and yeah, I think Zach Crawley. I think he's due a beginnings. He looks like he's kind of cooking. So yeah, I'm 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 quite happy. I mean, Ray and Ahmed most wickets could happen. Could happen to be fair. He's, I mean, he's still in for there. England, yeah, yeah. If he if he plays every test, uh, there's you know could happen. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with my predictions. I mean, Ravindra Jadeja is my only hope for any of my predictions to go right as it stands. Because 
I did predict Rohit Sharma to be India's leading run scorer when I changed it from Virat Kohli. And if he doesn't come good, I don't think that, that prediction is going to be anywhere close to being fulfilled. So we'll see. I will hope that Rohit Sharma comes good. Not you also went for it. you also went for Joe Root uh, as England's highest run scorer as well. I think mm-hmm. yeah, Toby did as well. That's so. that's looking bad. Yeah, not great, guys. Not great. Yeah, Joe Root's also been a really curious case this series, but he's Joe Root after all. We'll see if, you know, it's true. he is expected to come good and he probably will come good at some point in the series when England need him the most. So, I mean, his bowling's been great, so it's not like he's not been contributing at all. Right, we'll see, guys, how this works out with India and England. A big test match coming up. Whoever manages to take lead in this uh, after the end of this test match is going to be feeling really, really good uh, about the series. Of course, even if it's 2-1 to either team, the competitiveness that we've seen in both matches so far, it will be far from done. Uh, but yeah, 2-1 lead going into the final two matches, you, you should be feeling good about yourself. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we will bring you uh, a lot from that test match at the end of that test as well. But moving on from India-England for the moment... Australia-West Indies. Now, after that brilliant win for West Indies in that test match at the Gabba, they went on a five-match losing streak in the limited overs. They lost all the ODIs, the three ODIs, and the two T20s to lose the series. But they finally got a win today. And one of their T20 legends, Andre Russell, came to the fore today, scoring 71 off just 29 as West Indies put on 220 runs against Australia and managed to win the game by 30-odd runs at the end. But Australia still took the series. Well, the biggest point, the biggest talking point, I guess, of, you know, of today, of the series was that David Warner, while we while he, we knew he was saying goodbye to all forms of the game gradually, he confirmed today uh, in the post-match presentation ceremony that this was his last home game, home international game, I should say. He just has two more series to go in his international career. He's going to head down to New Zealand for a short T20 series before playing in the T20 World Cup in July for Australia. And that's going to be that. Um, Toby, let me come to you on this first. Tribute to David Warner. How legendary has his career been? Of course, we'll talk more about it as he gets closer to the end of his, officially the end of his career. But it's the last time he's played at home. One of the most impactful players of this generation, I would say. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, um, yeah, he has been a, an absolute stalwart of this Aussie team. He's been absolutely world-class and arguably revolutionised Test cricket a bit. I mean, he definitely showed showed the way for Basball, um, averaging 45 in Test cricket, 45 in ODIs, 33 in T20s at a 140 strike rate. Not many batters in the history of test cricket, also a history of cricket generally, will have stats that rival David Warner's in any way. He obviously, there's a, there's one big um, area that, that maybe mars his, his career um, back in sort of 20, 2018. Um, but, but other than that, I mean, I think he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. And, and to think that, yeah, you look back at when he first came into that test side and he basically was being picked off the back of his um the back of his white ball form and he's revolutionized it. And arguably by the end of his career, 
instead of he maybe wasn't considered to be one of the greatest batters right now. He's, he had a very, very good World Cup, though, didn't he? You look at the, the ODI World Cup last year. He was fantastic. One of the, the best batters in the in, in the tournament. Um, and yeah, now going into the T20 World Cup, I'm sure he'll be hoping to try and carry Australia to to the final and, and to another victory to to win win on what I'm sure he, he'd love to be his last ever international um, medal. And yeah, talking about that T20 World Cup, there's, there's still so much riding for David Warner as well, right? Because they've won the World Test Championship. They won the ODI World Cup. Australia, when they go for the T20 World Cup to uh, you know the Caribbean and the United States later this year, they're looking to become the first men's team to hold all three ICC trophies simultaneously. And I'm sure they're aware of that and they're going to really go hard at it. And David Warner is going to be key to that. He is, I mean, given the form that he was, and he, David Warner did, by the way, earn the player of the series trophy for this T20 series and what was his last series at home. So he is the man in form as well. And he's going to be huge to Australia's chances of winning the, the T20 World Cup. Michael, I know we, we'll talk a lot more about the T20 World Cup as it gets closer, but just quickly, do you think David Warner is going to be able to help Australia you know, beat ODI World Cup champions, T20 World Cup champions and test champions all at the same time. And the men's team also won the under-19 World Cup a couple of years ago. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to predict the T20 World Cup uh, like, what is it, like (laughs) four months before it actually kicks off. That would would be... Early predictions, as they say. I think that would be a bad idea. Uh, I'm sure he'll play very well. Do you, do you know what? It feels like David Warner has been retiring for ages. Is that just me? Did he, didn't he he re- announce his retirement? Or is he just re- announcing his retirement from every different format? Just slowly yeah, so he can get as much said. attention as possible. Like, he's, he's really longing it out. I mean, yeah, fair play. Good player, good batsman, but just hurry up and retire. Do you know what I mean? That's an England fan talking right there doesn't want to see David Warner anymore and I get that. Yeah, I understand that. But yeah, we'll see how the rest of David Warner's career comes along as well. What we do know is that he's been an absolute stalwart of the game and it'll be fun to see how he goes along in these final couple of assignments. In other cricket news today, New Zealand-South Africa, the second test match kicked off and I mean, this this really young inexperienced South African team did show good, I mean, a good fight on the day, on the first day of the second test after losing the first one. South Africa ended at 220 for six on day one of this test with uh, Ruan, this thought, and uh, Warnberg were the two players who stayed not out at the end with pretty decent partnership after they were 150 for six. Yeah, Michael, one of your favorite young players, he scored a double hundred in the last game and now Rachin Ravindra has taken three wickets. So... Yeah, a little bit more. Another shout out to Rachin Ravindra today, doing it with bat and now with ball. Yeah, he's just the man. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Also, one point five seven economy, three wickets. Yes. Not bad. I mean, look at South Africa's the strike rate of their batters throughout their batting order is horrible. As as a as a baseball fan now, I I could not sit and watch that. Like our mate. David Bellingham, 39 off 102 balls. Uh, Hamza, 20 off 99. 
Uh, Desward, I've never heard of him. 55 of 135. Oh, come on, guys, speed it up a little bit. You know what I mean? It's a bit slow. It's a bit sluggish. But no, shout out to Ratchet Mavindra. I'm sure we'll, he'll smash a double hundred as well. Carry on his uh, top form. Yeah, and Toby, good to see Neil Wagner as, the, as well. 15 overs, one for 28. I mean, look at him still going at this at this age. I know. I was I was very surprised to see him see him in there. I, I was kind of expecting a similar look up for for the the Kiwi side, and and then yeah, just pleasant surprise. I really like Neil Wagner. I think he's been a been a brilliant bowler for what best part of a decade now. He's sort of yeah. been in and around that side. He was absolutely unbelievable for a sort of three or four year period around sort of COVID. Um, and yeah, he's he's a really weird kind of bowler because he's not very tall, he's not very fast, um, and he's not got much skill or sort of not much natural skill with sort of, you know, seam ability or, or swinging the ball. But he's played 63 test matches, has a bowling average of 27 and a half, has 250 wickets, and I think is, is in some ways the most of the the best bowler and the, the most key bowler for New Zealand because he can bowl a ridiculous number of overs in a day. I remember he bowled what was it thirty overs in a day against England once with a broken toe, something crazy, yeah. fifteen overs on the bounce, and and yeah, I I absolutely love him. I think he is the kind of perfect cricketer that sums up why cricket's such a good sport because he's sort of not a brilliant athlete. He's not massive. He's not super fast. He's not got anything really about him he looks like a normal guy he's what five foot ten maybe um kind of just your average kiwi bloke or average south african bloke really born in uh pretoria or, or something yeah um and and yeah he's yeah he's arguably been one of the best bowlers in the world since he debuted back in 2012 um 2012 yeah and and yeah i absolutely love it and i've, I've always loved neil wagner and I think he must be coming towards the end of his career because he's 37, almost 38 now. Um, and and yeah, I mean, this could in theory be one of his final ever games because New Zealand barely play any matches as well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant work ethic, like you rightly mentioned. And I think one of the more underrated names in the world of fast bowling over the last few years, but he's been brilliant for New Zealand. We'll see how this test goes as well and whether New Zealand will pile on more misery on this young South African team in this second test with, yeah, with guys like Rachin Ravindra, Kane Williamson, and so many others, all in good form. We'll keep you updated with all of that as well, guys. Um, yeah, I think that's that for today. Uh, any final thoughts before before we close this? I'm going to make a bold prediction that you asked for earlier. Time to think. My bold prediction, Joe Root, player of the match, up in the upcoming game. It's out there. The date is the 13th of the 2nd, uh, 2024. I'm dating it right now, so it can go on TikTok. It can be a, a Sports Gazette prediction. I'm calling it right now. Joe Root to uh, to to be player of the match. And actually, another one, I'm going to go with um, India to win the T20 World Cup. Two ball predictions. Oh. I'm putting them out there. I'm putting them out there. After all these heartbreaks in the final, I think... Indian fans are going to love you for that prediction. And yeah, the Joe Root, the newest, uh, I would say, top three all-rounder in the world, maybe. But yeah, he could be the man of the match. Michael, any bold predictions on your side? I'll go Zach Crawley, man of the match. Stick with my stick with my guy. Uh, bold player, I'll, definitely. 
Yeah, and I'll go T uh, Twenty World Cup, uh, England, obviously, because I haven't really thought about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's there you go. Actually, I, I want another bold prediction: Ben Folks to take three wickets bowling. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. It's going to happen. I, 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 you know, I'm really going to manifest this prediction of yours. I'm just going to put, going to send such good energy to that prediction so that it really comes true. If that It'll comes be a true, I, I, yeah, I want to know what turn of events leads to that coming <laughs> true. But Ben, folks, not only stops wicket keeping, but then takes the ball. It must be that, that, that I don't know something goes through the England team. They have a have a dodgy curry or something, and they all end up struggling. Ben, folks, is the only one who can walk. So everyone else is situated around the uh, the outfield, kind of sat in a puddle um, of mess. And, and he's the only one who's able to to run in or something crazy like that. It would be, be more bizarre than even MS Dhoni taking the ball against England and almost getting Kevin Peterson out. I think that was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, but this could top it. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see. We'll hope that something really crazy like that happens. But until the next time, guys, thank you so much for joining us. The next week, we'll be bringing you a couple of episodes. Uh, we've been doing one a week recently, but we'll also be doing a special episode on the Women's Premier League that starts next week, that starts next Friday, that is February the 23rd. And we'll be doing a preview episode for the WPL, hopefully with a special guest. And we'll keep you updated with that. And of course, a lot more India-England coverage as well. Until the next time, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Take care and enjoy the test match. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.